Good morning and welcome to the DK Pittsburgh Sports Daily Shot of Steelers. I'm Dale Lally sitting in for Dayan Kavakovic, who is still out uh, following the death of his mother. He'll be back uh, later this week. Uh, but one thing I wanted to touch on today uh, in, in the podcast is the, I guess, uh, desire. I, I don't know what the right word for it is. Uh, there's there's a, a push of, for people out there, uh, for Steeler fans, to suddenly uh, the Steelers should do everything they can to go get the, the uh, J.J. Watt after he was released on on Friday from the uh, by the by the Houston Texans and. While I get it, you know, Watt at one point was a dominant NFL defensive end. Uh, he's not that guy anymore. And so, you know, I, I'm not quite sure exactly what you're getting if you if you go out and try to get a J.J. Watt. Here's numbers for last year. Now, he played in all 16 games. Uh, by the way, that's just the, uh, the second time since 2015 that he has played in all 16 games. He played 97% of the snaps last year for Houston, which is good, but he's also 31. He'll be 32 in, in a couple of days. And his stats last year, uh, 52 tackles. Okay, that's fine. Five sacks. That's not fine. 17 quarterback hits. Down from 21 in just eight games uh, the previous season. Uh, in 2018, when he played all 16 games, the other time in the last five years that he's played all 16 games, he had 16 sacks and 25 quarterback hits. So you, you see the, the, the fall off there from uh, the last time he played a full season, again, in 2018, 16 sacks, 25 quarterback hits, 18 tackles for a loss. 2020, five sacks, 14 tackles for a loss, and 17 quarterback hits. Uh, is he, can he still be an effective player? Sure. As a rotational guy, absolutely. But let's be honest here for a second. If his name was J.J. Smith, would people be trying to get him right now at this point in his career? Would he be the would he be the guy that Steeler fans would be clamoring? Oh, the, the Steelers have to go get this guy. No, they absolutely would not. So that, that to me, I mean, I, I get it. Yes, he would look good in a rotation with Cam Hayward and Stefan to it. But that's exactly what he would be. He would be a rotational player. And to me. You know, I, I think in the in the grand scheme of things, wouldn't the Steelers be better off re-signing Tyson Alulu? Because that's whose money you would be taking uh, to to go sign J.J. Uh, Watt. Now, it would be nice to have a rotational guy to work in there at, the, at those de- with those defensive linemen. No doubt about that. It would be nice to have a true nose tackle type who, or at least a younger player that you could have in that spot. Um, I, I don't know at this point in his career that 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 JJ Watt is that guy. Now, if we're gonna, you know, if you're gonna try to use him to to help uh, make up for the loss of Bud Dupree, okay, uh, I get. But again, you're talking about a guy who's going to be a situational player. He's going to come in and play on some third downs and in second and long situations and something like that and come off the edge. All right, that 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 you know that gives you another body there, and and, and certainly the Steelers could use that. But this is going to be a team that, uh, to me, I think needs to get younger, not older, not signing 32-year-old guys and hoping that they can, you know, add to the mix. I, I think I could see some situations where, yeah, potentially he could help you a lot. Again, in those situational uh, things. But is that going to be enough? Is that is that what you're looking for here? 
Is that the thing that the Steelers need? Uh, that I'm not sure of. That I, I, you know, I just don't know that. When I look at it that way, um, again, you're you're, you're not uh, you're not adding, uh, you know, JJ Watt in his prime. So yeah, it'd be nice to to you know maybe help out you know, the 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 Watt family could uh, could just go to one game on the weekends and and that's great. How's that help the football team win? That's the main question. That should be the biggest question here. Not, hey, let, wouldn't that be cool to have all three Watt brothers? Okay, but, the, you know, cool. I'm sorry. This, this is a business. Um, you know, so to me, the bottom line is, do I, do I think there are some situations where J.J. Watt could help this team? Absolutely. Any team in the league could use J.J. Watt as a situational player. Do I think the Steelers should somehow break the bank or or move Earth and and and, and Sky to to make this happen? Not necessarily. I mean, if if JJ Watt goes to the Cleveland Browns, uh, that doesn't make the Browns uh, substantially better. It just doesn't. Uh, not with the the other losses that they've had. Uh, I'm not sure that given his uh, past history. I mean, he, talking about a guy who played three games in 2016, he played five games in 2017, he played eight games in 2019. So there's a lengthy injury history there uh, that concerns me, to be quite frank. I mean, there's just you have to. I mean, it's the same situation. It's the same discussion that we've had constantly with James Conner. Guy can't stay healthy when he's on the field. Yeah, he's he's a solid football player, but he can't stay on the field. And, and uh, you know, one of the old coaching analogies is that, you know, the best ability for a player is availability. Well, I'm not so sure that at 32, J.J. Watt is going to be available full-time unless he's willing to take a, 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 a different role, if he's willing to accept a different role. And with that different role it is going to be, to me, a different – you can't pay him. He, he, Houston released him because he was going to make $17.5 million this year. That's quarterback money. That's, that's, you know, that's star defensive player money. And that's not what he is at, at this point in his career. He's just not. Um, you know, he's he's a piece of the puzzle. Is he willing to accept a role like that being just a piece of the puzzle? I don't know. Is he willing to accept, I don't know, a veteran minimum deal to join his brothers? That's the only way this can happen. It's the only way. Because the Steelers just can't afford to go out and spend a bunch of money on a 32-year-old defensive defensive lineman who's – quite frankly, is redundant to what they already have. Again, unless you're going to use him as, as an edge rusher on passing downs, are, are you going to take Cam Hayward and Stephon Tewitt off the field on a consistent basis to put Watt out there? I wouldn't. Certainly not more than 20% of the time. So again, what are you paying for there? You're paying for a, a situational player. You're paying for a guy who's a name. And that's bad business to pay for names. It just is. Uh, it, it doesn't work. It's never, you know, it's just not a good way to, to, to try to, you know, chase things in the NFL. It just doesn't work. Um, so, you know, if this happens, uh, I'm sure the Steelers are going to, to look into this. There's no doubt in my mind that they'll look into it. Um, but again, I, it's not something that I think they're going to, to uh, move their earth and sky to, uh, to make happen. Um, it would be nice, obviously, for the Watt family but that's not the main concern for the Steelers. It can't be. It, it can't possibly be their, their biggest concern. They have to be concerned about putting a winning team on the field, not just in 2021, 
but in 2022 and beyond. So that to me is why this whole thing probably doesn't get done in Pittsburgh. I think you'll see him sign with Green Bay or Indianapolis or one of those teams that has uh, more money. And let's say I mean, he sells tickets in, in, in Green Bay. There's no doubt about that. You're talking about the hometown hero, uh, you know, coming home, even though he's, again, just a shell of what he once was. Um, you know, those watch jerseys in, in Green Bay would sell like uh, like hotcakes. So uh, we're going to take a break uh, and come back. Let's talk a little bit more about that salary cap situation. Um, you know what the Steelers face here, because, you know, the, the retirement of, uh, of Marquise Pouncey over the weekend certainly changed the uh, the outlook on the Steelers salary cap. And there's some other things brewing out there that uh, certainly could change that as well. So I'm Dale Lally. We'll be right back right after this. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This segment is brought to you by the personal injury law firm, Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need help with workers' comp, who need help with medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been keeping their promises in our area for over 80 years. Visit their website at lgkg.com or call 724-221-8377. I'm Dale Lally. Welcome back to the DK Pittsburgh Sports Steelers podcast. Uh, looking at the, uh, there was a story that moved uh, on CNBC uh, the other day that uh, caught my eye. And it's that the, the NFL wants to finalize new TV deals before setting its 2021 salary cap in March. Um that's why we haven't – you've seen a lot of numbers floated around out there regarding the salary cap and what it could be. This new TV deal could go as high as $100 billion, that's a billion with a B, dollars. Now, you can uh, – you know, I'm, I'm no mathematician here, but if you spread that up over 32 teams, that's a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Um, so the, the NFL wants to get that in place before it sets the salary cap why does it want to do that? Well, uh, if it does that, the NFL can then use that future money because it knows what it's going to get. It knows what the cap is going to going to be set at, or or what the what its revenues are going to be, revenue stream is going to be on the TV side of things. It can then take some of that future money and say, okay, instead of taking all these losses because of the because of the the uh, COVID pandemic, we can take some of those. Uh, some of the money that we would maybe the cap would have gone up to two hundred and twenty five million dollars in twenty twenty two. Well, instead, we'll make it two hundred and twenty million dollars and we'll bump the cap up an extra five million dollars this year. So that's what they're looking at here. That's why they want to get this deal done. And that's why I think they will get this deal done. They're not going to take a, a lesser deal and they're still, 
you know, people talk about the, 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 the Super Bowl revenue or the Super Bowl viewership was down this year. Yeah, it was, but it was still absolutely positively the most watched, uh, not just sporting event, event in, uh, of the year. And it will be uh, for the next year as well. So, you know, I, I think, you know, when you talk about, you know, viewership declining, that's in every sport. That's not just, you know, that's just not something that happens to the NFL. And oh, by the way, the NFL declines are less than they are in other sports. So it's, it's not some shocking number here. Uh, I think people are watching less and less live TV uh, because, of the, because of the advent of all the streaming services and things of that nature. So people are still watching the NFL. They're going to continue watching the NFL. It's not going anywhere. And so, you know, I think that the situation here is that the NFL knows that. Uh, obviously, the, the networks know that. Um, you know, so you're, you're, you're looking here, according to the story, um, NBC and, and Disney, ESP, uh, Disney's ESPN, pay the league roughly $6 billion a year with AT&T owned DirecTV adding another $1.5 billion for the Sunday ticket package. The next agreement could be $100 billion on a 10-year deal. That's $10 billion a year. Um, other options include a seven-year deal at $14 billion per year. So if they sign a shorter deal, it's, it's actually even more money, or an eight-year deal at $12 billion per year. Um, you know, so the, obviously the, the networks are ready to pony up a lot of money here. Um, the other thing that, 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 that the league is doing here is it's got its 10-year uh, labor agreement that, that it reached last year right before the pandemic hit, and that allowed for the implementation of a 17-game regular season schedule. Um, the NFL want, is going to add that extra game next year. You can bet on that, and it's going to be able to charge more money to the networks. Again, more revenue stream, um, you know, increasing the revenue stream. So. I really think that, that what's going to happen here over the next, you know, uh, next few weeks is you're going to see, we've seen those, the, the, the numbers floated around out there. First, the, the league set the floor, the league in the NFLPA set the floor at $175 million. That's as low as the salary cap could go. Now, reminder, as a reminder, it was $198.2 million this year. Um, so obviously, $175 million would be a pretty big number, it would be a pretty big drop. Um, you're going to see it come in again, as I've been saying all along, you're going to see it come in, uh, much higher than, than that. I think it'll be much closer to the $198 million cap that it was this year. What does that mean for the Steelers? Well, with the retirements of, of, of Marquise Pouncey and, um, Vance McDonald in the last few weeks. The Steelers had been about $30 million over the salary cap. Now they're about 15 because of those two retirements. So all the dire predictions about, oh, this team's going to have to blow things up and, and cut this guy and cut that guy and, and Joe Hayden's got to go and all these other things, not going to happen, folks, unless the Steelers really uh, – not going. they don't have to do anything like that. In fact, if you look at spot track – if the Steelers, as I laid out a couple of weeks ago on the uh, on the website, if the Steelers can get Ben Roethlisberger's 2021 cap hit down to about 28 million dollars, again that gets that's that's about 13 million dollars less. Well, now you're just a million dollars over the salary cap. If you restructure 
the contracts of Cameron Hayward <clears throat> and Stefan Tuitt, which are very simple. They, they were they were built this way. Uh, they were built for this to happen. Tuitt signed through 2023, Hayward through 2025. Restructuring uh, uh, Tuitt gets you an, an additional uh, $3.9 million. Restructuring Hayward gets you an additional $2.6 million. So there we just saved another uh, $6.5 million against the cap. Uh, again, kind of getting if you do that while getting Roethlisberger's number down to $28 million, guess what? Now you've got $4.2 million in cap space. If you restructure place kicker Chris Boswell's contract, well, that saves you another million dollars. Why not do that? He's going to be on the team next year for sure. Um, you know, so now you're at $5.27 million under the cap. And then, you know, if you want to make a move, release Vince Williams. He's kind of redundant anyways. You'd love to have him back. Maybe you can get him back on a veteran minimum deal. Talk to him, he's, but he's 32 years old. So you say, Vince, we love you. We'd like to have you back, but we can't afford you on that contract. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to either take a, a pay cut or we're going to release you. Let's say they have to release him. Well, that saves $4 million. Now you got $9.2 million in cap space. Again, not enough money to get into a bidding war for J.J. Watt, but enough money to operate in the offseason. Go out and sign, uh, resign Tyson Alulu. Maybe you, you, know, you can resign uh, uh, some, some of the other guys that you have there. Uh, I, you know, I think that, that you have to look at it and say, hey, you need to resign Vance McDonald. Um, you know, maybe you can make a pitch for Cameron Sutton that they can get that in under the, under the, uh, the salary cap. And they've got some other guys there that they could release as well, you know, do, do without as well. For example, Jalen Samuels con salary this year, uh, $984,000. Well, cut that. I mean, and he only still costs you then $64,000. So you're saving $900,000 by releasing Jalen Samuels. That puts you over $10 million against the salary cap. That's something that's much more workable. That's much more better uh, in terms of, of cap space. So do any of those moves sound like they're crazy? I don't think so. I mean, Stewart and Hayward are going to be on your team. You can do without Vince Williams if you have to. I mean, if you re-sign him at a, at a, you know, a veteran minimum deal, you still save $3 million. That's not that you know. That's that's not chump change. So certainly there there are things here that they can do um, to get under the cap. They're not going to be able to have, to have enough money to go crazy. And again, all this all this is assuming that the cap comes in at, at you know 185 to to 190 million. I think it's going to be much higher than that. I think it's going to be several million higher than that. It's going to take them let's say five million dollars to sign their draft class. So you're going to need some money to do that. But again, they have this, they have the capability of making those kind of moves. It's not the end of the world. They're not going to have to tear this thing completely down. Yes, they have to replace Pouncey. Yes, they have to replace Vance McDonald. But these are things that they can do in the draft. These are things that they can do, uh, you know, in free agency. It's not like Vance McDonald was, was a, you know, a super key piece to the puzzle here. Um, you know, they needed to get better there anyways in terms of, of having a blocking tight end. So, you know, I, I don't know that you look at this and say, well, this is, this is just not something that's doable. I just don't. So uh, that's a situation right now. We'll see how this continues to develop and we'll, and we'll continue to, to take a look at that. But uh, that's, that's the way it stands right now. 
Um, but I'm Dale Lally. I do appreciate you listening to this edition of the Steelers Daily Shot. We'll be back again tomorrow to bring you more. Thanks for listening. <laughs>